Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. I just, I'm just surprised. I guess it makes sense, though, because, you know, Johnny is not universal. I think also after he came out with the documentary and stuff, like anybody who isn't really an Aggie doesn't like isn't as attached to him as we are. If that makes sense. So two point three sounds pretty fair. Like most, I mean, yeah, go for it. No, I was gonna say even then, um, he's a very he's a very interesting um, public figure. Just because polarizing figure for sure. Just because you've never seen somebody pretty much a professional athlete just be at such the top of the top and then just fall down so epically and like um stereotypically i guess and right in front of our eyes i mean he literally his downfall was like something things like they just try to preach to athletes from when they're young so when they even as professionals, just like, hey, you know, don't get caught up in the money. Don't get caught up in, in the fame. Don't get caught up in the partying and the drugs and da-da-da. And step by step, that's, that's literally what Manziel did to the point where his um, career was over. His football career was over. I mean, and, not... Uh, not to that degree, but there is another player that came to mind. I don't know if you ever watched this 30 for 30, but about Todd Marinovich. He was the old Oakland Raiders quarterback. He was the guy whose dad was a strength and conditioning coach and took him out as a toddler and he'd like crawl 100 yards on the field. And he was like literally like throughout from a toddler all the way until in college. I mean, he was just a dog and uh, went to USC and ended up having like drug problems obviously because you just when you're that restricted as a as a kiddo and then you get on the real world and you get offered you know bad things that you've never been offered before like drugs or money or whatever um illegal money not real money but illegal money um you know you crack typically because you're not you're not built for it i mean not not nearly the degree of johnny manzel but that's the only player i could think of because you have like ryan leafs or jamarcus russells but like nobody that i think like deliberately like hurt themselves as much as like somebody like Johnny did where it's like, we would sit there and watch, like you can't just get out of your own way, man. Just get out of your own way. Yeah. And the thing with those guys is uh, Jamarcus Russell and whatnot was that they just, it was more of the sense they didn't have the, the will to uh, do all the extra things that makes that you have to do to be a successful NFL quarterback. Johnny was the same way though, but just added, there was other elements too, like you were saying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things. That's why honestly, that's his interview on club. Shay Shay is probably one of the best interviews I've ever seen in my life or listened to in my life. Just cause, um, it, it even goes deeper than the 30 for 30. Um, because it, it's all straight from him, not mm. like, you know, somebody trying to tell a story, somebody else's story is straight from him and his feelings and whatnot. And it, it, it's, it's just, you feel for the guy. Um, I know to a certain extent, 
you know, after, we talked about it too after that 30 for 30. You don't really feel bad for him. It was just yeah. kind of like, oh, he's still on the same BS. And it's funny because he kind of mentions it where he was like, he had a little, he had made a lot of progress. And then the 30 for 30 came out. He said for a few months after the 30 for 30, he kind of fell off a little bit, the wagon, just because he, you know, just, he talks about fame, how just fame is just, it, it's, you could get sucked in real quick. And I think he, he explains how he got, after the documentary came out, he kind of got sucked back in again. Um, so he kind of like fell off the wagon a little bit, but he kind of, he's back, back on his, I guess. So real basically. Good, good shit. And ultimately, it's, it comes down to, I mean, for me, one, there was definitely something mental in there. But he kind of says it perfectly at the, at the very end of the interview is that he just realized he wasn't in love with the game of football. He was mm-hmm. not. Um, it, it, he talked about the fan-controlled, because the fan-controlled football league, whatever, mm-hmm. was the last thing that he did. And it, he said he, he didn't he didn't really like it. actually, you know what, scratch that. He was talking about his Canadian football league days. He said when he first went into the Canadian football league, got signed, he went into the locker room. He said all those like negative feelings and all the things he got when he was in Cleveland, like all those bad negative feelings rushed right back to him. And I think he said that's when he realized he it it's one of the main things was he wasn't in love with the game of football at all. I think it was pretty apparent too. I mean, you saw like, I mean, he even in the documentary talked about his love for baseball and then getting burned out like most people would. You know, when you put that much time into it so early, it's all you know, and then you get exposed to something else and you realize like this isn't life, but. You know, he says he should have been a baseball player. Um, See that, and and that's why I mean, it, it, in the interview, it's nice because he gets deeper than the yeah. documentary because he talks about what really it was. Because Shannon touched on that, he was like, "Bro, the baseball. You see Shohei getting out here six six hundred million. Why don't you go with baseball?" He's like, "Baseball's fine. Baseball's fun. I love baseball, but it's just different." Like not everybody does it just for the money. He's like, yeah. when I get on the football field, like that rush, when he talks about when the gap opens and it's him on the, and the linebacker one-on-one and he knows he's not going to touch him. Hmm. He's not going to be able to touch him. He, he said that there was nothing better than that. And he, that's why he kind of went the football route. Just, I mean, just like, I think anybody really would. It's 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 different. It's more. It, yes, you get more money in baseball on the baseball route. He's raised in Texas, dude. So like it's Texas football. I mean that's just that it's too. different. It, and like yes, you get more money on the baseball route, but everything else is greater on the NFL route. Whether it's the fame, the the you know sponsorships, uh, the your brand. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And yeah, dude, your longevity of like relevance is much better in the NFL. 
I mean, unless you're a Derek Jeter or an Alex Rodriguez, like a Yankee, a Boston Red Sox, something like that, a Dodger, like one of those major market, huge winning, you know, franchises, your brand and your longevity of relevance is so much lower just being a Oakland A's player, you know, or wherever, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, yeah. whatever. You know, that's your relevance is gonna is gonna cease to exist, you know, a couple of years after. Unless of course you go back and I mean, I see it when I was working in the memorabilia, the sports trading cards and things like that. You know, baseball players are king, but it was more about how niche this player was or how, you know, this player played from 72 to 74 and he had a couple great seasons and this is a premium card. But it's not like, you know, Mariano Rivera, when he came and he was inducted unanimously as a Hall of Famer, like, sure, his like baseballs and signatures and all that went like crazy, but the mass supply of those versus that like 72, 74 player, like that's, it just preaches like, but in football, you know, you would value much more a Brett Favre signed or Tom Brady signed helmet than you would somebody who had a great career in the 72, 74. Like it's just a different, like relevance means so much more in football, especially coming out of Texas. And then um, also in the interview, there was a lot more remorse. You actually get that remorse that you know in the whole documentary you're waiting for that moment like dang like i feel for the guy but it never really came mm-hmm. i think this interview he it, it it you finally get that towards the end when when he starts talking about how much remorse he has for wasting years of joe thomas's career like how he takes responsibility cuz he was supposed to be the guy coming into cleveland and be like the guy in Cleveland and take him to a whole new level. And he just fucked off a few years of Joe Tom Thomas's hall of fame career. He, he apologized for LeBron. I didn't realize, you know, him and LeBron, LeBron, he talked about how LeBron during his time in Cleveland, LeBron would reach out to him every week, trying to be like a mentor, trying to hang out, just be like, hey, you want to come over for dinner? Hey, bro, like, just trying to help him be there for him. Mm. Um, and he said he was, he was so depressed that, like, the one guy he looked up to and, and admired so much throughout his whole life, he couldn't even get out of bed for that one guy. And, oh, you know, he signed with, when he, he, he signed with Maverick Carter and them, and then obviously that went down the shits, and he's talked about how 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 much remorse he has for letting lebron down and that whole team and so it it, it was nice you you get you get a lot of that a lot more of that i was almost like damn bro (laughs) (laughs) got me dang johnny man it's all right bro it's all right yeah he looks good and i mean i I like when he's sober man i mean he's he's I just like when he's sober, dude. He's such a good representation of our school when he is because he's so like the the coolest part about somebody like him is that he's still like so proud to be an Aggie. Like that is like the coolest part about him, no matter what, like because you'll have players like and we feel it as fans like we're the little brother of Texas or this or that. And this is a guy that grew up loving Texas but proudly represents A&M now. And I think that's so neat. Like that that's something that very easily he could just move off um but i mean again the counter to that is well he won a heisman there so he's clinging to whatever you know but i, I think he's no. I think he's proud to be an aggie i i think the main thing because i i always kind of wondered about that because he is very tied to the program and whatnot 
this interview gave me a little bit more insight in that. And the fact that one of the things he said, he was, he, he carried one of the shame he carries is that he represented Texas A&M all those years. So poorly, like Mm. he said, I love this school. I love the alumni. It, everything there has been so great for me. And I shamefully represented them. Like he, he, pretty much carries that with him. So he's like, that's one of his main things. He wants to be a better, like a better alum and a much better representative of Texas A&M. So I think that's part of his, you know, maturing is that he really wants to give back and be the guy we all, the role model, I guess we all wanted him to be. Mm. Kind of like, uh, I guess the, the, the Tom Brady or Tom yeah. Brady or, uh, our CJ Stroud, bro. Imagine CJ Stroud's A and M. Holy shit, man! You wouldn't, yeah. you would not, you we we would not stop talking, bro. We will not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll but, be we'll be in the middle of July talking about A <laughs> and M football. <laughs> so, right. um, so, I, I hey, think. Fans, you know, yeah, go for it. No, I was just gonna say two fans. I would highly recommend if you haven't watched this interview because it, it's very. It's just crazy. Like I said, that his story, he, the ups and downs, legendary. Like, yeah, he, this man is, you know, in college, 19, 20 years old, so famous that he's hanging around with Drake, Jay Z, LeBron James. Like, what the fuck? And the thing is, you don't see just casually. Heisman Trophy winners just hanging out with these guys. You don't see uh, RG3 just hanging out with these guys. You don't see Tim Tebow just hanging out with these guys. Like, Johnny Football was different. Let's uh, let's talk about the guy who's hosting this. Like, I'm amazed by this. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a few years now. And obviously not, you know, ever going to be somebody like Shannon Sharp. But, I mean, I was telling you before we hopped on kind of the beginning of this conversation was, you know, his most popular interview was 60 million with Cat Williams a month ago. I mean, this Johnny one we thought was huge. He's only, I mean, he's got 2.3 right now, five days uh, since it was released. But now I will say... Cat, that Cat Williams is a different, le- different beast, different level of like viral because of the shit Cat Williams was spewing on there. Because even my coworker, like my, the other day, my coworker asked me, she asked me, "Did you see that uh, Cat Williams interview with um, that football player?" Like she even knew about it. And she, she, I mean, it's, she's not like, yeah, you know, I, it was just. But the host is who I want to talk about because. Shannon Sharp, if we were to compare him to somebody like, I mean, you know, Johnny talked about Skip Bayless and things like that. Talk about Skip Bayless. Like, Shannon Sharp has, like, ta- he has become, I think, one of the top sports talking heads within a matter of, what, the last five years, probably? Like, five years ago, maybe last four years. But, I mean, his his podcast, he could quit first take, and his podcast is honestly, like, I mean, it's fucking good, dude. Like, it's he gets primo guests. I mean, they do the he does the other one with Ocho, and he's just consistently entertaining, good role model, like just risen to the top of the sports media world. 
and somebody like Shannon, I mean, uh, Skip, it's really funny to watch because like the more people that come out like this, the less I want to watch people like Skip or Colin Coward or people that weren't former players. Because like if I've got these options, like I, a couple of years ago, you remember this, I was big on Emmanuel Acho. Emmanuel Acho has gone on to do great things. And he is just, I loved how much, how, how good of an orator he was. Like he was able to deliver a message so well. Shannon is not really like that great of a delivery. Like his message, he doesn't deliver as well as an Emmanuel Acho, but his entertainment level is crazy. So we're seeing more and more of these <clears throat> people come into the space. Sorry, I'm sick right now. <clears throat> and it's just amazing to me. I mean, 60 million views, dude, and then 13 million, 11 million, 8 million. I mean, it's like, He's kind of taken over. I'd be curious to compare his numbers to Stephen A because I think he's like more people would probably watch Shannon than Stephen A at this point, like on a single platform like this, like a like a podcast or something. I would think, well, I would think Shannon. What what Shannon has going for him is that he's filling in different um sectors of media. Um when I say that, I mean he has his uh, appearances on first take. Boom. Got that check. ESPN, mm. that media check. He has Nightcap with Ocho. Mm -hmm. So like kind of like late night talk-ish where they essentially, in a way, kind of what we do on here. We shoot the shit. We talk about sports and stuff, but partially shoot the shit too. Uh, when relevant stuff comes up, you know, that's what he got. He has that check with Ocho and people love Ocho, I mean, yeah, they're I mean, just them. Them too. They're just they're hilarious, man. They're hilarious. And then, yeah. then you go into what you just what you just talked about the the podcast, the interview part of it. He has that down check. And the thing is, too, he's very. I don't know what it is about him. Like he's very uh, warming and welcoming. Because I mean, you you can't just get anybody to go. Like, not anybody could just interview Johnny Manziel and make him feel very open and welcome like that to where he can just talk the way he talked on Shannon on Shannon's uh, show. He has a it's gift, a but I what's interesting, and I heard this, sorry to interrupt you, but what's really interesting about him that maybe people don't know is that there was, I forgot what I was watching with him talking about. It might have been on Nightcap, but he said when he first started with uh, Undisputed, that he would go home after the show and rewatch it like two or three times, like every day and just improve, improve, improve. And I'm a big believer in preparation breeds comfort. Like you, if you have the skill set and you're prepared and you know the answers and you know what you're talking about and you're comfortable with the topics, like you are going to come across very relaxed. And then at that point, like our job is really easy. Just talk, it'd be like talking between us two. But like all that preparation breeds a comfort. If you don't know really what you're talking about or this, like, for example, Johnny, like if you don't know all the ins and outs of who his coaches were, or what happened or where he went or like, that's again, another great example is that hot ones guy, that hot ones guy, whatever his name is, dude, he, he does incredible interviews, but it, he was kind of the first one that I watched that did really, really deep, thorough, good research and would find great questions to ask these people. And so he knew going in, he's like, I feel like I already know this person. I already know all the answers they're going to say. And so my job is just to get them to feel comfortable. So they say what I think they're going to say. 
And that's really a gift that he's talked about. And that uh, rather, that's not a gift. That's really what he talks about in his preparation. But he certainly has a gift. I agree. Sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. Oh, no, that's pretty much. I mean, I was just going to say he has. That's the thing with what he's doing right now. He has these main media sectors checked off. So if you want, you want a late night, you know, Shannon Sharp, boom, nightcap with Uncle Shay and Ocho. You want long form media, long interviews uh, with big time people that, you know, you want to get insight on. Boom. He has that check. You want him to be corporate. You want to see him corporate on ESPN. Boom. Check. Like it's just. And he's genuine in every single setting he's in. Like he's the same individual in every setting, which is admirable. Like you, you don't see that from a lot of people. I mean, even Stephen A, like Stephen A preaches his authenticity, but like occasionally he acts a little bit different based on the settings he's in. Now he's like, I believe everybody should adjust a little bit to the setting you're in, but Shannon, for whatever reason, like, every setting he's in he is like you you almost feel like you know what type of energy he's going to give off or what he's going to say because it's just like you just know he's going to be the same person you watch nightcap the night before you watch first take the next morning it's like it's going to be the same energy different topics but same energy and that's that's tough to do like you know that's tough to do like you couldn't keep that same energy here that you take to work and then you take to you know home and all that. like it's it's a difficult thing and he's an engine dude he just keeps going and going and going it's a testament to taking care of your body and drinking shitloads of water. There is one thing that could ruin him, and this has ruined a lot of sports commentators if he starts talking about the freaking UFC. Because he's probably like me, where I signed up for a betting account recently, and I am ready to waste some money on some UFC fights. Because that seems to be the only thing that I really want to bet on. Because I think, for whatever reason, and I want your opinion on this, like betting on somebody getting the shit beat out of them is so much more entertaining than like any football game or basketball game could ever provide for me. Like what is as a new better looking forward to the next UFC 299? Like what, like, is that your favorite sport to bet on? Or I know you've talked about hockey, but like, I feel like UFC, if you're rooting on somebody to just get clocked in the temple in round three, like that, that's exhilarating. UFC is, uh... I like, yes, I do really like betting on it. It's a little hard for me just because of my, in a way, I have too much knowledge. I I feel you. Yeah. Too much knowledge in which I either, one, I doubt myself because I feel like I have too much, too much knowledge. Therefore, I have a lot of biases. Mm -hmm. So, so I start to doubt myself. Um, and then when I don't doubt myself, I kind of start reaching for stuff <laughs> a little bit. But it's just, it, it's it's a little difficult because I mean, in a fight, it really is just you have a puncher's chance, no matter how much of an underdog you are. I mean, like we saw the last guy. What's his name? Who beat up? Uh, help me, Volkanovsky. Ilya Taporia. Ilya Taporia. How about that, bro? I'd never heard of this guy, but he absolutely manhandled Volkanovsky. Dog. I remember I he's one of the guys that, you know, one of the few guys, I would say in a way I'm freshly new into the sport, you know, since COVID. 
he's one of the few guys I've able I've been able to watch since he was on like prelims and shit. And I remember seeing this guy like, dang, okay. He he's fucking all right. This guy, this guy's got got something to him. He, he let's see if he can keep it up. And then I'll just like not really look out for him, but I'll just watch and I'll I'll see, oh, Ilya Taporio's on his car. Bad. I remember his last fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See him do something else good. Great. And I'm just like, oh, okay. He knocked this guy out. Oh, okay. Oh, he submit. He submit. Like that, that's the thing about Taporia. That's why I knew he was gonna win. And two fans, if you watched the last UFC pod or listen to the last UFC pod, the panel was unanimous that Taporia was gonna win. And that's because his his I guess fights on the way to the top to facing Volkanovsky. He's fought everybody that is pretty much one of the best in that realm. A jiu-jitsu guy, a wrestling guy, a striker. Every single realm that, you know, these guys, oh, they're one of the cream of the crop in this. How can Taporia, how's Taporia going to battle this aspect? Freaking dominated them, bro. Like, every, as- every aspect and facet of MMA, he has locked down. And that's why I knew he was going to beat Volkanovski. Not, I mean, Volkanovski sort of the same way, but just is, is there's just levels. I thought he was, game. I thought he, I thought Volkanovski was like the pound for pound, like one of the guys. Yes, he is slash was, but that's the fight game, bro. Volkan, the, the, especially nowadays, Volkanovski's 35 now. Taporia is, I think, 27. Like these new kids that are coming up, they're just different. There's, like I said, there's levels to this. And yeah, Volkanovsky, he, I mean, he was one of the goats, featherweight goats, if not the featherweight goat. But, you know, eventually you're not going to be on top forever. And in the fight game, you're definitely not going to go out on top. Uh, Only the very few smart ones actually get to go out on top. But Taporia, I mean, I, it was funny because I was kind of joking with you about like, because your brother put money on Volk. Yeah. And I was like, well, he should have listened to the last UFC pod and maybe he would have put that money on Taporia. But yeah, uh, Taporia, fantastic. And honestly, he is great for the UFC because um, he is the first, I'm pretty sure he's the first Spaniard champion. And dog, it's crazy when, you know, sometimes you don't realize how big, maybe he's not super huge, like a McGregor or Sean O'Malley in the uh, America, but I'm seeing clips of this guy in Spain. He's getting a standing ovation in the Santiago Bernabeu, I'm I'm always sucked at the Real Madrid stadium. Oh, okay. Right before he came out on the field with the belt right before their game and the crowd is going fucking nuts. And in Spain, I keep seeing clips of this dude in Spain. He is fucking just, he's, he's that guy. He's the Habib of Spain, essentially. Like he's like that degree of like importance to culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to the point where as soon as he won the fight afterwards, 
you know, Dana White doing his little conference afterwards. He said, yeah, we're, we're going to Spain. Like we're taking this man and we're going to Spain. That's how, how big he is. And, um, they got, they got themselves a stud, man. That's all you can ask for. If you're a promotion like the UFC is to have a champion. That's just a bona fide stud. He can reach, he could reach this market that you haven't tapped, even tapped into yet. Bring a whole new country into the sport and take it to different levels. Spain, you know, it's not big right now. Not, not necessarily. I, w- I wouldn't think so. I mean, it's just hard where when you it, don't where have is it biggest. Where is it biggest? Like, what are the like three or five countries? Well, USA, um, Russia. Uh, I guess if you, I. Like Abu Dhabi, right? Wouldn't that Abu be? Dhabi, yeah. I was going to say that's one of the ones. I, I kind of, I guess you could say that. Yeah. If that's another country, I kind of, I mean, not like way, countries, but more like spaces, like spaces in the world yeah. that it's huge. So, yeah, that's another one. Um, so that's why this past weekend was UFC Mexico, UFC in Mexico City, which was huge because that's a market, that's a country in which Dana White has been wanting to get in like really tap into for years now. Cause I mean, you think of boxing, Mexican, yeah, Mexican say. boxing is just like, it's ingrained in Mexico DNA. If Imagine bringing, like, he's a genius dude, because he's going to move it there and then it's going to overtake just like it did in America. It's like, people are going to care more about the UFC in Mexico than they would boxing. Granted, it'll take a while, but like, that's, that's why he's so good at what he does. He's a genius. I mean, yeah, I mean, and also it's a a bit of help slash luck because one of the main things on how to get a new country or tap into this new market is to have a champion from this, from this country. Hence, Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno was, I believe, the first Mexican champion um, in the UFC. Once Brandon Moreno won the belt, that, that, that's exactly what Dana needed to get in there. And then multiply it by two when Alexa Grasso won the belt over Shevchenko. Now you got two Mexican champions. You're like, oh, shit. All right, here we go. Full, bro- full throttle. We're making this happen. We're doing this. We got this car. We got a slate now full of Mexican fighters. Um, I mean, the whole, the whole card, I think literally the whole card was Mexican or at least uh, some Latin American, Amer- Latin American descent. Um, and then he just opened up the UFC Performance Institute in Mexico City as well. So, boom. Now you got a way to develop these young kids and turn them into stud MMA fighters. I mean, it's the possibilities are endless, and that's what's going on right now. Um, what's probably going to go on in Spain. Well, that's why he's successful, because he literally, every opportunity you look at. I was listening to a podcast full send had him on um and they were doing like the bob mentory thing and all this and i'm like interested in their podcast loosely and he was talking about how much he bought the ufc for i forgot what it was two million two hundred thousand it it was cheap yeah it was cheap and it just feels like when you watch his career especially in the ufc like every opportunity that's arose he's executed like everyone and almost flawlessly on every single opportunity so people will look back go how is he so so successful how did the ufc take off so much it's because every opportunity that 
Dana was given, he executed on flawlessly. It seems like, at least from the outside looking in, because when we were growing up, I mean, boxing, fighting, it was nothing. But now, like, we got people, like, you go out to the bars and watch the UFC fight, dude. Like, I do think about think about this like Sunday night football has nothing on UFC Saturday night. Like you would not go to a uh, granted you wouldn't go to a bar on a Sunday, but you get what I mean. Like Saturday night football, whatever. Like unless it's for that school, unless you're an alumni or you're a fan of that school, like you're not going to watch. But everybody will go out to watch the UFC fight, whether that be because it's pay per view, whether that be because it's more fun to watch with friends. But like, dude, the adrenaline rush I feel like you get from watching somebody knock somebody out versus somebody catch a touchdown. It's not even, I mean, like you were saying, there's levels to this, dude. Like there's just levels to this. And the UFC has capitalized on a market that like you want to be around people watching this sport. Like you want to be out there. Football is something I like we sit on our couches on Sunday and watch football. It's not the same. And I don't know how he's done that, but it has become incredibly relevant in everyday life for me, like the past three years. It's crazy. Yeah, and I guess you you see it more and more as time goes on. You're like, oh, shit, okay, to the point where now you're, you know, you were over here texting me about texting me about the card. I was like, I think it was the uh, Mackenzie Dern versus, um, forgot her name. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the featured prelim, you, you, yeah. you, texted, you texted me about it. I was like, the fuck this what is he doing watching the featured prelim on this thing but whatever i was like i mean it was it was a scrap i mean yeah dude I, for I, real I, I, you know uh out of the night too they deserved it bro yeah amanda lamos that's who it was amanda lamos versus Mackenzie dern but lamos was part of my parlay so i was sweating that thing because she she was dominating at first i was like oh yeah easy. Bro, let's go was. on to the next one and then next thing you know Mackenzie dern just like bro won't, won't give was- up taking it bro she was taking it for the first like round or two and then all of a sudden like i think and that's the amazing thing that you can like watch because it's one-on-one in a football game you can kind of feel the momentum right you can feel like oh the defense is getting the energy pulled out of them like they can't stop them they're running the ball like you just you you can feel it in fighting you can watch as what's your name lemos goes into the third round or whatever and like dern is just not going down and that can be like just mentally you're like this she's just not gonna go down like she's just i can't knock her out like i don't know how to get rid of her and that to me is like also another aspect of that's so fascinating that you could see it on lemos's face i was shocked she won first of all like i thought they should have given it dern because like i mean as a fan i was like bro i mean she hung in the in the hell in the pits of hell and then she made it through somehow and we ended up winning. Like I felt like towards the end, like it just looked like it, but dude, it's fascinating to watch like the, the, sh- like the true shift in momentum, just like instantaneously. Cause you can see it on their faces. So it's yeah, neat, I'm, I'm, and, and, I'm neat now. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, I think a lame Lamos in my, like if I were scoring the fight, that's another aspect you're going to learn these fucking Sometimes you get these judges and you're just like, what in the, like, what were you watching, bud? Like, I I know on this UFC Mexico card, there was a few, there was at least three question mark decisions. I was like, wait, that guy won? Are are we sure about this? Like, uh, but um, I think Lamos won on that, on that fight just because. Because you had her for the, you know, it. 
(laughs) Yes. Bias for the parlay, but uh, damage. It's just hard. It's hard to to um, ignore the damage when every just clean shot she she lands is just like Mackenzie Dern's like fuck. Yeah, she you know it's like oh crap. Like I need to take her down. I can't keep getting hit with these. So I mean that. I mean yeah, it's 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 an experience and it, it's. I think uh, Dana White did a great job as well. It's like live UFC is its own experience watching it live and then watching it on TV is its own experience. And they're both, it's not like one is greater than than the other. They're both their own and great. And it's different than every other sport because like golf is honestly funny enough it's like golf and then F1 are like, to me, the only two other sports that are similar. And that's because F1 you go and you've got the cars and you've got all the engines and stuff. And I've never been to an F1 race, but I can kind of imagine it where you take the commentators out of it, explaining the mechanics of the car. And, you know, you can pull the radio up, the team talking to the, the driver and all like all that's taken away. And when you go, it's a different experience. That's probably one. And then golf is similar too, because you can have like you're watching somebody, it's obviously quiet out there, and you're walking with the players, and then you watch it on TV and they pop around and they're talking about the history and you know, oh, this shot, you pick that shot. Like it's it's almost like that's that golf and and uh and UFC are very close because I was sitting with my brother watching, and that's really what's gotten me into it, is like actually going and watching it with him. Is uh he said he he went to the one that we went to in Houston and he didn't like it. And he was close, but because he didn't have Joe Rogan explaining like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's got it under the chin or he's got this or he's going for the try. Like, because for us, like I've never like it'd take me 20 years to learn all the different jujitsu moves and all that nonsense. So it's like I'll never appreciate it the same, but it's kind of similar in golf and similar, really similar in F1, I would say, because you can't hear what the drivers are hearing from the team. And so I, I think they've nailed it. But football is you can watch football there. Or at home, and you get the same kind of feeling. Like you kind of know what's going on both ways. Yeah. You don't really need the commentator. That's why they have alternate broadcasts because you don't really need the commentators. Like they're not. Ne- they just add to the game, add to the experience. So that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, um, in my opinion, UFC kind of started slash set the trend that other sports are on now in the way they uh you know they have nfl now you see even an nba a lot of former players now commentating do doing the com- color commentary and then all this other all that other stuff just part of the media and mm-hmm. the broadcast and everything includes a lot of former players now and i think the ufc kind of set that trend because i mean you got to understand there's not just UFC experts out there. It's not like you, you just grab head coaches. Yeah. I mean, there's coaches. Yeah. But it's not like NFL where you have, you know, there's these NFL head coaches and offense corner, defense corner. They know their stuff. So, I mean, UFC, you got to rely on a lot of former fighters to explain to the Joe Rogans of the world. I mean, first of all, I mean, John Anik is probably the best the best, not probably, he is the best color commentator ever in any sport. I will 
fight. I will sit here and fight anybody who says otherwise to the death. He is the best of the best. And then you got to compliment him, Joe Rogan and DC. And then you get you get the 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 camera when they have the camera on them when the their yeah. reaction priceless. Like I mean, because they're it's like they're just like us. They are just like us. And sometimes you don't get that in NFL, MLB, no. uh, NBA. Like it's just very like, oh, and he scores a touchdown. Yeah. And it's like, bro, you just made the game winning touchdown, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, bro. yeah, Bang. you know what I mean. Like, it 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 makes you feel like oh, you get this feeling they're one of us. They're just like us. They're reacting just like us. They're no different than us. Um, it's very true because you don't see that in other sports. I would, I think basketball could pull it off though. I mean, with with is it Mike Breen? Mike Breen that does the bang. Yeah, and he's like if they had a like a camera on him when he yells that, bro, like. Then again, I don't think they really, I, I mean, I don't know if they react like they have to, right? Like it's human instinct to react to something like that exhilarating. So, but who knows? I agree with you on most of that, except for the fact that I think golf, I will push back on the golf thing because a lot of former players are commentators in golf, but there's also way more golfers and way more people to play. And it's like, it's just different. It's a, it's different. So I, I agree with you primarily, but I think there's an argument to be made for golf. Completely different yeah. story. To go back to it, I did start a betting account. And I need advice. Besides UFC, what are some fun things that I can bet on that are easy to access? Because I don't know anything about hockey. Like, I do. I know the rules. and But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I probably couldn't tell you all the position names. Like, but I know the rules, funny enough. So... It- I would I would say basketball, but I'm not. I don't think I'm very good at. It's hard for me to get a gauge on basketball, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because there is so many points involved. Like when I'm looking at a game and the over under is 216 points, 216 and a half points. I'm like, that's a (laughs) that's a like number numbers like ooh. Whereas football, it's like oh. 48 and a half. I'm like, that's seven touchdowns. Do I think they're going to score seven touchdowns? No, <laughs> under. Like, easy. Or hockey, it's like six. The line set at six. Do I think they're going to score three and three? Uh, yeah, over. Like, you know, small numbers, it's very easy. But once you start getting into, getting into the uh, 242 and a half, I'm like, God, 242 and a half? What? Like, uh, I don't know. That. You count all the players' averages, and I, I, yeah, I could see that. So that's it's probably- just like their their pace of play. I, I, don't, I don't. It, it's it's a hard. It's hard. It's one of those things. I feel like everybody goes through it too. You just gotta. I think UFC is where I'm going to start. Though I'm going to start with 299. That'll be the first like bets that I place through the account. Will be 299. Which, bro, that poster you sent me, bro. Fire, bro. We're gonna fire. fuck around, and I'm gonna be a we're gonna be a UFC podcast soon enough. If I start betting enough on him and watching him, bro, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I can only dream. I can only dream. I mean, I can only dream that you know we do a golf podcast, but you know that's just me. <laughs> I mean, one starts this weekend too, bro. Bahrain, Bahrain, lights out and away we go, bro. I'm I saw I saw your post, and I saw I've been seeing the commercials on ESPN, and I'm just like, 
I ain't waking up that early. Because <laughs> it Bahrain, isn't early Bahrain, on Bahrain, Sunday. PM on Saturday, bro. Bahrain's nothing. The the midday Saturday what? races, yeah, it's like two p.m. on Saturday. I can double check, but oh. I'm pretty sure. I'm th- I'm th- I'm thinking of the ones that are like you know, oh, eight a.m. Yeah. Sunday yeah. morning. I'm like, yeah, miss it's me. Not, it's nine a.m. on Saturday, so. But yeah, there I do wake up for those. The only ones I don't watch are really, and I didn't watch much this past year because honestly, like Max Verstappen won every race. It just wasn't fun anymore. But I'm gonna watch probably. I'm definitely gonna watch every race this year. Because it's Lewis is last year at Mercedes before he goes to Ferrari, which is insane. So he's like the GOAT. So, I mean, so is Verstappen just, is he not in the mix anymore? They're no, they're cheating. The Red Bull's cheating. Like it's it's straight up. Like they, so what happened was is last year, every race I watched, which wasn't very allegedly. Many, no, it's not. It is allegedly. It is allegedly. They're allegedly. Okay. Cause I'm like, but it's like, I think most like F1 fans that I've talked with and they're American F1 fans. So we're not like, you know, hardcore, you know, Brits, Scottish, you know, like we've been watching it for 30 years kind of thing. Like, you know, grew up in the womb in the, in the go-karts. No, but dude, straight up, like Verstappen was passing people by like, I mean, it was insane. Like he, he would pass people. He'd be going like seven, 10 miles an hour faster than people. Like their car was just faster. And so there's rules with how you build the car. And I won't get into the like details of it because honestly, I don't know all the details, but it just seemed like the way he was winning, he was winning most races by like 20, 30, 40 seconds. And they're all supposed to be like, you know, right there, like right there. But it wasn't even a contest. Like he would start at the last, he would start like 18, 19 and finish first with like a 25 second lead, which doesn't happen over 50 laps. Like that just doesn't happen. So anyway, I'll get off my my soapbox, but I think uh, I think this season is going to be fun because it's 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 Lewis's last season. And this is kind of with him leaving. It's kind of kicked off almost like an NBA free agency sort of thing where like Carlos Sainz is with Ferrari and they're talking about Sainz going to Red Bull. And so what happens to uh, what's his name? The Sergio Perez, like, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and it's going to be fun because. And then they do the show, dude. That's what they did really well is they they came out with the Drive to Survive show. And that show just, it went nuclear. And so now that's like, it, it's funny how like our parents growing up watched baseball, football, and now we're like F1, UFC. <laughs> like It's like those were never, like our parents didn't grow up and watch boxing. Like you'd watch Mike Tyson, sure, but like it was boxing. Like now it's like every weekend. I'm like Saturday night. I'm like, okay, maybe there's some UFC on that I can watch, you know, or like, you know, Sunday morning, like F1's on, like, let me watch some F1. You know, it was, it's the greatest when football rolls around because you watch F1 in the morning and then football kicks off at noon. And it's like from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you're locked in in sports and it's great. So I'm excited for it. But I think I'm going to start with UFC. I'm going to look at the F1 bets and see what that's like. Maybe I like those. But I don't think I'm going to touch basketball for a while. I'll do like bat, playoff basketball. But the reason I'm bringing this up is let's give it a couple weeks of me betting. And then let's let's start a segment. Let's start it like a weekly bet segment. Let's do it. No, Lord. Okay. Yeah. Dude. Let's go full I down mean, the hole. Let's do I'm it. I'm start right now, bro. I almost, I almost made 150 bucks on my parlay. And I'm so sad because it was a three-leg NHL parlay. It was like live. I like the thing is I like betting NHL live because some of the lines be are so skewed 
like they not skewed but they just they overreact and hockey's a game in which anything can happen at any time like you can score bang bang you could be down 3-0 in the second period and still come back and win in regulation without going to overtime you know and imagine what the lines are looking like for the team that is down 3-0 in the second period like it's it's insane so I made like a just a three leg live like it was like the Maple Leafs plus two and a half when they were down they were down two at the time plus two and a half they ended up winning the game so I was like easy money there and then uh forgot the other one but it hit the last one I needed was I took the Bruins money line Bruins versus the Canucks Bruins were up two zero with six minutes left. In the fucking game. I thought I was already counting the money, bro. I was like, ooh, how nice is this going to look? Adding, adding, topping it off on my account. You know, whatnot. How my account was going to look now. Bro. Literally, they give up. They give up a goal. I'm like, all right, cool. Of course, they're going to make me sweat a little bit. They're going to make me sweat a little bit. Then it gets close to the end. To the end, I'm like, okay, shit. Canucks empty, empty net. They go empty net. And I'm like, oh no. I already see from the get go. Like, you can kind of tell when they got shit going. The Canucks had shit going. And I was like, oh. Of course, yep. They score, goes into overtime. Canucks win in overtime. Boom. My dream. 150 bucks. Done. Like, just like that. And, and I swear it was in the back. And that, that's what sucks. Once you start like counting the money, I swear, 100% of the time, you will lose. Once you start counting it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got, this in the, I got this in the bag. It, uh, it never fails. And it sucks because that's where you really get let down. It's one thing if I would have like checked it at the end, like never paid attention to it, checked it at the very end of the night. Oh, cool. Like, damn, I was close, but I lost. But I'm excited to start a weekly sports betting discussion, at least like 10, 15 minutes. Um, let's keep moving because we've got two weeks of content. It's amazing. We took the week off after Super Bowl. I think it should be an annual thing. Honestly, it was really nice. Like we didn't really, we we're kind of sitting there. We're like, I don't know what we're going to talk about because like, we're still like, so football focused. Yeah. But, uh, something did happen and, uh, we do need to talk about it. Uh-huh. Um, Kanye released a new album. Oh, see, you almost made me forget about that. Oh, I'm I'm locked in, bro. We're not forgetting nothing. I'm gonna go through at the very end. I'm gonna give a bullet point list of all the different sports things that's going on because there was that conversation we were having. We were like, "Where are you getting all this information?" Because I was sending you a bunch last week. But let's talk Kanye. Um, what do we think? Last best album in the last five years, or I probably easier to do last couple albums. Best album in the last couple all right like top five all time in kanye's list or what like what's your overall like opinion of it overall opinion of it it is it's refreshing um and i'm not there yet to where i want to compare it to kanye's other pause you real quick because i just pulled up his spotify have you pulled this up he has a goat he put the goat as his cover art at the top, bro. It's a literal goat. 
I hadn't seen that because before it was like all black, right? He literally changes to a goat. That's hilarious. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. No, you're sorry. good. Um, so I don't want to start comparing it to his other albums and whatnot. I'm I'm not there yet with it. I'm just mainly comparing it to music today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I say it's refreshing because music, I mean, you and I have talked about it extensively. Like music today sucks now. Like it's yeah, just, it, sucks. it does rap music. It, sucks, really. Rap music. Yeah. Rap music is very it's repetitive. It's, and in a weird place. It, it, it's in a very weird spot where, you know, we're just waiting on, something to come around and like make us feel yes like have hope again you know what i mean especially when drake dropped the last album that's when you're really i think i don't know if it's just me but that's when you really start damn like if he can't even like drop some heat then fuck what 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 are what are we doing here let me put this out here just for thought so we have like all of re- repetitive nonsense. Drake is chasing TikTok short videos. Like that's what that's like a majority of his last like two albums. It's felt like, and honestly, that's really been like the last Kanye album that he dropped. That Con- the last album that Kanye dropped was, I mean, Donda in twenty twenty one. So that was three years ago, and really like kind of like during that time, even before twenty nineteen was the Jesus is King, the the Christian album, like. When Kanye was out of the game, like rap music kind of just sat in this like weird limbo place. Or am I giving him too much credit? Like he kind of, I think Kanye, because he really, like you're saying, it's refreshing, but like it's been kind of in this weird place for a couple of years and Drake couldn't break it because he's chasing the shorts and I don't blame him because chase it while he can. But Kanye is kind of that guy that comes in and it's like, no, this is what, this is what we're doing now. This is, this is the new style. Like this is how we're going to do this. So what do you think about that? Like that kind of when you're saying that, that's what I thought of is like, I think he's since he's been gone, like he's the, the goats back, bro. Like we needed him back. I don't I, I guess. I mean, it's just it, it's just. It's nice to hear some good music, man. I, as soon as like from the first track, I started listening and I came in kind of skeptical. I was a little. Oh, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. You know, Kanye, Kanye really hasn't put out anything. Uh, these past couple albums have been very meh yeah. to me. Meh. Yeah, I agree. And from the first listen, I was like, "This is this is this is different." I could already feel like it's just different from what we've become accustomed to listening to yeah. nowadays. That new stuff that drops, and the production is still, dude. He still got that production Bro. on lock. That's um, what I texted you. I was like, dude, every beat on this album is insane. Like, if you're just a guy who I love lyrics, it's well known. We've talked about that. But like, if you're a beat guy, like if you that's what you really that's what gets you going, bro. This album is insane. Cause even the ones that I didn't like, because it was like, I don't know, it just didn't hit like where I it didn't scratch that itch for me. Like the beat was still like, you know, you're making that face like that stank face like, oh, my God, dude, like he's doing it again. So I agree with you, bro. It was every song. The beat was nuts dude. the production, man. Ty Dolla Sign 
he also complimented oh. it perfectly. Like he I love Ty Dolla Sign, dude. Oh. He was like Kanye set him up. He was in his bag every single oh, yeah. song. He had a he, he he was like Jason Kidd with the assist. He he was Steve Nash to Ty Dolla Sign to uh, Amari Stoudemire. Like oh, yeah. he was just he set he was setting them up for success. Um, and dude, I honestly, I mean, now honestly, for the first probably weekend straight i just that's all i listened to i just kept listening to the album up and down um over and over again now i'm kind of to where you know i'll I'll listen to like other stuff a little bit and always go back to this album like man i need i haven't heard it for like a couple hours i need i need i need to listen to it again i need to listen to a song on there um Dude, it's been a while since we've had kanye like that bro it's been a while like i told you i listened through it uh the night we were gonna record and the next day i'm in the gym and i'm literally going graduation the fantasy i'm going like all the way down the list on like all the albums i was just listening to straight kanye and then i went back to vultures and i just kept listening to it over and over and over again so i've listened to it probably three or four times now and yeah yeah, I would say it's 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 gonna it's I always grade it based on like because there's so much rap music now and I my rap playlist is surprisingly my longest playlist because I just I get attached to songs, but I saved about eight of the fifteen songs. So that that to me is like if I'm over fifty percent, like that's pretty that's pretty good, you know. That's, and, that's and, and I'm pretty sure there were some songs in there there. I think there was a couple that are like short songs, kind of like interludes in a way. So they're, they're not really meant to be added Mm -hmm. to those playlists per se, but I mean, yeah, it's one of my favorites still is a freaking do it. Do it. I have that one saved. Yeah. Cause I love the, the, the sample of the, um, Girl, you look good. Won't you back that ass? Yeah, that, yeah, that's all yeah. the dude. What I remember when I first listened to it, that was the song where I officially like this album is this this album is yes, yes. Because I remember when that sample came in and I said, Tog, Kanye, come on, bro. Yeah, like you did it, bro. You know, did it again. Bro, and then honestly, I I, I, I <laughs> And then for a whole weekend, I got beautiful big titty, but naked women just don't fall out the sky, you know? <laughs> I had that stuck in my head for like a whole weekend. Dude. <laughs> Literally dude. couldn't get it out of my head. He had some crazy bars, too. I mean, one of the, I love the goofy bars, too, that he puts out. So my favorite, like, just short little bar that he has that I've told people, I was like, bro, you gotta listen to Kanye album. He rhymes, or he, this is one of his bars. He goes, I got my bitch a bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that's like, a do it. I think that's a do it. Like, oh, yeah, bro, this man's a dog. <laughs> and anybody else says that, and you're like, what? But it's Kanye, and you're like, that's hilarious. Like, of course he would rap that. And then Carnival goes hard. Yeah. Fucking uh vultures. I like, I like fuck some. I just like the beat on that one. It gets a little oh, dude. Me, but I do like the beat, bro. That beat's nuts. Dude, I, I even like the song weirdly that uh his north his daughter is in like uh, it's kind of catchy is it westy miss miss westy i was like yeah 
Hey man, I, I actually like and then the once oh it cut it changes up in the middle of the song, it it's pretty good. And I'm I'm just like, man, it just Kanye done did it again, man. Kanye, you a genius. I had to bring that up. I'm glad that he's back. I'm glad that we got some new Kanye that's actually solid. You know, that's so important because fucking hell. It's been it's just been a while. It's just it's you, just I caught Mia even listening to the album. Really? Yeah. I was like, okay, I know this album's good. Huh? Is Mia Swifty? Yes. Wow. A Swifty married a Kanye fan. That's you don't see that every day. That's true. Well, I well, here's the thing. I converted I'm this original Swifty and converted her. Oh, really? I was gonna say I like Taylor Swift, bro. Taylor Swift bangs, dude. She's like Yeah. Now now I wasn't the one that was like, Oh yeah, we gotta go to the concert. I mean, I just like I am a big fan. It's like Oh yeah, that shit was crazy. But but I am a I do think she makes fantastic music. But anyway, yeah. yeah, That's uh yeah, that's how I knew when the album was good. Even Mia caught Mia listening to it. I was like, okay, yeah, it's not just me being a Kanye Stan. (laughs) I've got a I've got a few um other topics here that are pretty pretty straightforward not really any that we'd have an opinion on um that i think but mbappe signed to real madrid did you see this i want to pull up the numbers so people i mean i know we're not a big football uh football podcast but i know he he signed with real madrid and i just have to look at the numbers because they are insane because i know the buyout was insane um to real madrid let's see um he's already signed a contract 99% sure i forgot the numbers i think it was something like 300 million he's getting paid dudes football players football players get paid different bro get paid different it's wild too they gotta like buy out the contracts um let's see we've got apparently there's some uproar about the fanatics baseball jerseys because they're like really thin and shittily made so fun fact if you're out on the internet these are, again, the topics I was standing with friends and we were trying to record last week. And I was like, what do we got? What's in the sports world? And I got hit with like 18 different topics. Bro, um, you, like, you texted me some of these and I was like, what the hell? Are, where is this coming from? Um, what do you think of the the NBA All-Star? Obviously, we're not going to talk about like the game and all. I didn't I didn't even watch the game because they, they I, made a big deal out of the draft the first year. And did did they do they still do that? No, draft. they went back to East and That's West. Lame. That's so lame. It was so cool when they did the draft on TNT. But what did you think about um, just what you saw online with the Sabrina versus Steph Curry? What did you think about that? Was that cool? You think it's repeatable? Like any opinion on that? I I didn't watch it. I mean, I didn't watch that, it, either, but it was cool that they did it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, damn, Caesar's really rubbing off on you, huh? I, I, I don't know, bro. I just don't know. Just, um, Steph Curry, like, it's kind of a, like tall task, man. Why you got to put Steph Curry? Why not, like, Draymond Green or something? Draymond Green? Bro, you won't put Draymond Green in there. Make it a level playing field out here. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. Um, I think that's. I think that's it, actually. I think we didn't have much else that was going on. 
not sure what other sports we're missing, but that's everything I got, bro. Is there anything glaring that we missed? I'm excited to come see you here in a couple weeks. That's going to be fun. It's your birthday in two weeks also. So, yes. Yeah. So we got some exciting times coming up. It's going to be difficult this month too, fans. We've got, as you know, the rodeo starts. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm heavily involved in that endeavor in Houston. So we got to figure out the times and everything we're going to post. So we're going to be, it goes until like mid, mid March, like 21st, I believe 20th is the last day. So we'll do our best, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're kind of in a, in a weird time for sports anyway. So we'll hold on and, and keep going. But you got anything else? Is that it? Is that all we got? That's all I got right now. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to text you next weekend for 299. Actually, next week we'll talk 299 bets because I'll get a couple lined up and we'll see what's going on. I'll text you about it and we'll see what's going on because 299 is not, it's not this coming weekend. It's the next weekend, right? Yes. And and y'all are going to do the UFC next weekend or next week, right? So this yes. is this week's episode, and then we've got next week is UFC. Yes. We'll follow. So I'll text you next week my bets, and then two fans in two weeks. I think I'm gonna put like I'm gonna put like probably seven, ten bets out there. Like little small money bets, nothing crazy, but just enough that we have like something to go off of. Just some learning, you know, put my foot in the water, kind of feel it around a little bit, see if the water's cold, if it's warm, if I'm going neck deep or if I'm going ankle deep. We'll see. So I'm you're, excited you're- for it. You're lucky, man. You're you're picking a perfect time. Two ninety nine is gonna be amazing, and then after two ninety nine, April UFC three hundred, by far the best card ever. Yeah, we're not ever. even gonna go into it because we got to save that for later. But that, yeah, and uh, I mean, here, why don't we pull up two ninety nine real quick? I want your opinion just real quick before we hop off, because I know right. Sugar Sean's fighting. Um, yes, yeah, let's, just go, let's just go top five on the on the main cards. So Sugar Sean, Dustin Poirier, um, Poirier, 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 Dustin um, Poirier, yeah, Gilbert Burns, Peter Yan. I'm just saying the people I know, Kevin Holland. Um, what are your thoughts here? Anybody I should be like looking at right away? I'm like, yeah, you got to hammer this one, brother. Okay, first of all, Peter Yan versus Song Yudong. I mean, little overlooked it's gonna be a banger um peter yon's kind of seeking out vengeance got screwed in a couple decisions he's on a little losing streak but it's one of those weird ones where it's not like he's deteriorated or anything he's just like just ran into somebody that was just slightly able to be better than him so i mean that that, that's that's gonna be a good fight. Gilbert Burns, Jack Dal- Jack Della Madalena. That's a tongue tongue twister almost. Um, that one is going to be a banger as well. I mean, the odds are they're toss up. They're both minus one ten. Per that's where I would put it at too, because I'm like I don't know who's going to win. I don't know what's going to happen. Then this is where real this is where starts getting real. One of my probably one like top three favorite fighters of mine, Kevin Holland, going against Michael Venom Page. Michael Venom Page, he came from Bellator. He was a uh, probably one of the most well known fighters out of Bellator because he he just has this crazy karate style that like 
produces viral knockouts and whatnot. And this is his first fight in the UFC um, against Kevin Holland. That one's going to be certified. That one will 100% certified banger. They're just fights that you know, you know, because there, there's a lot of fights like, oh, like, like Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. Like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a banger. But it could very well easily be a very technical, um, you know, hard-fought five-round fight, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, sometimes people, you know, sometimes people don't want to see all the technical stuff. They want the, oh, ah, oh, oh. And that's what Kevin Holland versus Michael Page is going to be. Um, so that one's nice. Um, Dustin Poirier versus... Benoit Saint Denis, I guess if that's how you pronounce that, um, dude, this one's gonna be very interesting because you know Dustin Poirier is a dog. He's been that guy, but this is another one of those. You know, Dustin Poirier is getting up there in age a little bit. Yeah, thirty-five Saint- on twenty-eight, bro. Yep, Deno- uh, Benoit Saint Denis, Saint Denis. He's a young up-and-comer, thirteen and one. He's been fucking annihilating on his way up and this is his shot to you know put a name like dustin poirier on his resume so that one's gonna be i I really don't know how that one's gonna go so therefore i kind of like the as of right now i'm not you know really really getting deep into what i'm betting on but dustin poirier at plus 130 is kind of it it's it it you know, I got my eye on it. I kind of like it a little bit. Um, and then you got the main event, Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. I pretty much expect Sean O'Malley to do his thing against Cheeto, barring anything weird happening. Cheeto Vera, he great fighter, but he's a very he is a well known slow starter. Like it takes him a while to get into the fight. And by a while, I mean he doesn't really get started till like maybe round three. And I know O'Malley knows everybody actually knows this. So I know what O'Malley's O'Malley's just gonna come out and just rain on him. And I think that's the right thing to do. Just fucking let it pour because he's not he's just gonna be getting his reads or receiving the reads or whatever. For the first couple of rounds. So, I mean, it's going to be in Miami. Last time it was in my uh, UFC was in Miami. Was that when Adesanya knocked out Pereira? Like that epic where he did the crossbow. Yeah, yeah. Like just that. Oh, I still get goosebumps. Like yeah, just thinking about dude, that right that now. I got so goosebumps, crazy. bro. That that was like the, that was a moment, bro. Like I will never ever. See, that, that's the thing too about UFC. You get those moments like in those memories they they live forever and in, in in football and other sports it, it kind of because of how season they have seasons and whatnot it, it kind of it fades a little bit like that was cool for that season but now there's a new season in which oh you have you're just yeah i guess recency bias yeah yeah More rec- but when you have those moments like adesanya versus Pereira, no matter what how the ufc which direction it goes how it evolves you always like remember the moment when you saw him just like ah ah like put put the yeah, bows on him yeah. for that epic celebration while he's Pereira's just flat like flat lined on the ground. It, it's it's one of those things, but um, 
so yeah, that was the last time UFC was in Miami. So I'm kind of hoping that same energy and oh, you know, it's yeah. gonna be there, bro. It's Miami. It's Miami, bro. It's Miami. It's Miami. Well, you know, I'll be texting you for bets, but two fans, you'll know to enjoy the UFC podcast next week. And we're recording today on Monday, and we release on Thursdays. We usually record on Wednesdays, but so if we miss anything in the next couple of days, now you know. Um, and I don't know. We, we might have to drop this one sooner, just in case some fucking okay, yeah, drop it, Wednesday, drop it sooner, yeah. Wednesday night breaking news, freaking uh, uh Tom Brady, Tom Brady's back, back comes back yeah. to the NFL, and we're just like Thursday morning, come like. We're just sitting here talking about uh, UFC and no yeah. mention of like Tom Brady coming back to the league. At all right, all. I'll let you captain that ship. You decide when you want to drop it. Typically, we record Wednesday night, release Thursday night, but you can get it a little extra early this week and the next week. UFC pod with the boys, and uh, I'll return in the following week. <clears throat> but you know where to find us at Slice Devils Pod, Slice Devils Podcast every week, and uh, we will see you next time.